Good morning, everybody. You're tuning in to the news at Morning Mixtape. It is Monday, September 11th, and I'm your host, Vanessa Tiberio, reporting for Met Radio 1280 AM in Toronto. Here are our top stories this morning. First up, Morocco's powerful earthquake surpasses a death toll of 2,000. Then, Canada wins bronze at the Men's Basketball World Cup in overtime. For our last story, Canadian researchers urge users to update iPhones after discovering spyware. And lastly, we will hear about the upcoming Toronto International Film Festival. So let's get into this morning's news. More than 2,000 people have died after a powerful earthquake struck Morocco Friday night. According to CNN, the quake is the strongest to hit the nation's centre in more than a century. The 6.8 magnitude quake struck around 11 p.m. local time in the high Atlas mountain range, about 70 kilometers away from the major city Marrakesh. More than 300,000 people have been affected in Marrakesh and surrounding areas. CNN reports that many eyewitnesses said houses and towns are completely destroyed near the epicenter. According to CNN, the earthquake is Morocco's deadliest in 60 years. According to Al Jazeera, the earthquake was felt as far as Portugal and Algeria. Emergency workers are facing difficulty tending to the affected areas due to damaged roads and debris. According to the U.S. Geological Survey, earthquakes of this size in the region are uncommon, but not unexpected. It noted nine earthquakes with a magnitude of over five have hit the area in the last century. Yet, none of them have had a magnitude higher than six. Morocco's government said it had activated all available resources and urges people to avoid panic. According to Al Jazeera, authorities have declared three days of national mourning. Many world leaders are offering support to Morocco. Turkey is offering to send personnel and equipment to Morocco after their country was hit by a devastating earthquake earlier this year. The United Nations said they are ready to offer the country assistance. For our next story, Canada wins bronze at the Men's Basketball World Cup in overtime. Canada faced the United States in the bronze medal matchup on Sunday in Manila, Philippines. Canada beat the U.S. by nine points with a final score of 127 to 118. The win marks the team's first ever medal at the event. Canada's only other medal in a global men's basketball tournament was over 85 years ago when they placed second in the Berlin Summer Olympics. Canada can catch more of its national men's basketball team next summer when they return to play for the Paris Olympics. And for our final story this morning, Canadian researchers are urging iPhone users to update their software after discovering spyware. According to the Toronto Star, researchers found an iPhone vulnerability that allows cyber attacks to deliver malicious spyware without any interaction from users. Researchers at the Citizen Lab at the University of Toronto shared in a press release on Thursday that the vulnerability was being used to infect iPhones running on the latest software. Attackers were reported to send malicious images to devices via messaging apps. The images would infect devices without victims clicking on the spyware content. According to the Toronto Star, the group of researchers found the vulnerability while examining the device of an employee at a Washington, D.C.-based organization. Researchers say the spyware is linked to an Israeli cyber intelligence firm that can allow attackers to monitor victims' devices. 
According to the Toronto Star, there is no way for users to know if their device has been infected. The Citizen Lab shared its finding with Apple, which released a security update on Thursday to patch the vulnerability. Those most at risk include lawyers, journalists, and those working in the financial sector. iPhone users are urged to update their devices immediately. Well, that was all for me today, and now I leave you with a special TIFF segment brought to you by Met Radio. Hi there. My name is Melanie, and I'm one of the Met Radio team members covering this year's Toronto International Film Festival. Welcome to TIFF Look Back. Every day of the festival, we will be highlighting some of our favorite events and films that have been taking place throughout the festival, along with some movie recs, so be sure to tune in. We are now three days into TIFF, and it is booming with excitement, especially for me because it's like my first time ever here at TIFF. And I just finished doing a red carpet for the film, The Great Absence. It's been amazing seeing small filmmakers from all around the world be able to come here and present their work to such a diverse audience. Now, I've mentioned before that I'm a huge Asian cinema fan. And so, of course, I checked out The Boy and the Heron by Hayao Miyazaki. I'll leave it to Hanya to give you the full scoop on the film. But all I can say is that you are sure to cry for this one. I was also lucky enough to attend a Q&A with Bollywood-renowned director Karan Johar and Oscar award-winning director Gunit Manga on their new film Kill, which had its premiere here at TIFF. Now, I haven't been able to see the film yet, but if you are a Bollywood fan, I highly encourage you to go and see the film. Bollywood is known for the glitz and glamour, the big names and the luxury, but this film will have Bollywood fans rethink the true meaning of the genre. I'll give you one inside note. Don't expect any four-minute song with a grand dance number here, because it is all action and thriller. New actor Lakshya Lawani has been praised for his work on this film, and Karan himself has made it known to us that Lakshya is hashtag not a Nepo baby. This is honestly a huge part of Indian cinema for the main actors to be super well-known. The same faces are used time and time again, so it's quite a surprise that Gunit and Karan used a brand new face to star as their lead role. Amongst the different events and films, I've only been able to catch four so far, but I can't wait to see Monster tonight by Koreeda Hirokazu. And be sure to tune in on September 29th to hear my review. Well, that about wraps up my look ahead, and this is only the third day. There are so many films to check out, so be sure to tune in tomorrow for more film racks in our TIFF look back. Well, that was all for me today, and now I'll leave you with James, who has the latest Under the Radar segment. Take it away, James. Good morning. I'm James Kaza, and every week I'm going to bring you a local news story happening now in Toronto that may be flying under your radar. This week our story focuses on food security. The sounds of a grocery store. A sound that some Torontonians worry they may soon have to fare without. Residents of Toronto's downtown east side's access to affordable groceries is under threat as the no-frills store located at Princess and Front Street faces the possibility of demolition in favor of a high-end office and residential plaza. In an era of rising grocery bills, access to affordable groceries is vital for the residents of the working-class co-ops and affordable housing sites of nearby areas, including the Esplanade and Moss Park. According to site plans by prospective developers First Gulf, there are no plans for a replacement grocery store in the area. Instead, smaller boutique-sized stores are included, as well as offices and residential. The Food Empowerment Project, 
a non-government organization focusing on food security, defines a food desert as an area where residents are unable to access affordable and healthy food options, namely fresh fruits and vegetables. This has harmful physical and socioeconomic effects on an area, and residents worry this may soon happen in the event of the no-frills departure. The site in question is located just steps from the Esplanade, a micro-neighborhood known for having a high number of co-ops, which has allowed the area to be home to some of the last working and middle-class families in the downtown core of Toronto. Insiders within the planning scene on Urban Toronto, a blog focusing on Toronto developments, suggest that this site will likely be approved within the next year, at which point the no-frills will be demolished. This conflict has brought up themes and ideas regarding the city's role in maintaining access to groceries. As far back as 2014, the Office of Consumer Affairs, a Canadian governmental organization, has flagged geographical accessibility to food as a major issue for middle and low-income Canadians. The government organization claims that by including the right to food in the development of public health and urban infrastructure, Canada could adapt a new vision that will put citizens at the heart of its concerns with regards to accessibility and the protection of our right to food. There are currently no policies, municipally, provincially, or federally, regarding the right to food being included when designing our urban environments. All of this, of course, happening against the backdrop of many calling for federal and city governments to step in regarding soaring food costs. I'm James Casaferment Radio, and this has been Under Your Radar. Thank you so much. It's a sunny morning in Toronto today with a daily high of 24 and a low of 15. And that was all from this morning's newscast. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I'll be back again next Monday with some more news at Morning Mixtape, but until then, tune in tomorrow for more. For Met Radio 1280 AM in Toronto, I'm Vanessa Tiberio. Thank you for listening.